At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As if they don't have too much on their plates. The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade. They'll talk about the things they did that day. They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H. Rewind to SmackDown. 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind a Smackdown. I am John Pollock, along with Wei Ting, and welcome to Rewind a Smackdown, L-I-V-E, live. Yes, we are live. I didn't even get to say it. What the hell? Well, you've, uh, of all shows, this should be the one that you really get to drop the title for. I mean, you have made the saying synonymous with all live programming that we do. Forget Bruce Buffer. No, absolutely. It's Wei Ting from here on out. Mm -hmm. How are you doing, Way? Um, not great. Um, but you know, it almost feels like that's uh, kind of a common sentiment lately. Unfortunately, you know, doing these shows and being a wrestling fan, and of course, today is is not really going to be an easy show. No, uh, it feels like two years since we did uh, our, our show on Wednesday. Uh, it's been, to me, one of the most significant 48-hour periods in the history of the wrestling industry. And I think that we're going to spend a whole lot of time discussing um, pretty much everything that has come out of the countless allegations that have been levied, the responses from many different companies, uh, responses from some of the people that have been accused. This is very widespread. It's very complex. It's very uncomfortable. But I certainly feel that it's the only thing to, to discuss uh, at this point. We are going to get to SmackDown, but that will be later on in the show. So at this point, uh, we're going to air our interview with Kristen Ashley from Bell to Bells and also chatting about the Association of Women's Wrestling. So here is Kristen Ashley on Rewind a SmackDown. Joining us today on the show, uh, a guest that we have had on in the past, very happy that she is joining us. You know her from the Bell to Bells website and has also launched the, uh, to me, something that is incredibly important, more so now than ever, and that is the Women in Wrestling, the Association of Women in Wrestling, Kristen Ashley, joining us here at Post Wrestling. Kristen, uh, thank you so much for uh, taking some time out today to uh, chat with us. Uh, I thought uh, you would be someone that very much our listeners would love to hear from today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, I mean, I think I can speak for most people that the, the past 24 hours has just been a lot to digest. And I think most of us are still in the process of trying to make sense out of a lot of it. Um, I'm kind of curious fr from your perspective, seeing so many of these stories coming out all at once that, I mean, that th this has to be, it feels like a, a breaking point for, for many people, or I should say a tipping point when it comes to people having that that courage to come forward with so many stories. And it's it's a lot that I think people are still in, in the process of dealing with. Yes. And yes, sorry. And it's it's a lot because it happened in such a quick amount of time. But this has been going on for years. 
And Mm -hmm. all it really took was one or two people to come forward to have that bravery. And and you saw a lot of people, um, a lot of women wrestlers who were very vocal about, I was just waiting for somebody else. And it, it's, it sucks <laughs> because, you know, as a woman who also is waiting for someone else, um, it's, you feel like you're, um, you feel like you're, you're not doing right by, by the other women essentially, mm-hmm. but it's all about a process. And, and the thing is that them coming clean, it's not about justice. It's not about, um, you know, a news story. It's about their healing process. So people will come forward when they're ready. But yes, a lot of the women were just ready for somebody to start that momentum. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly uh, happy that it, it, it started because that healing process does need to happen. Can you describe to us, you know, like some of the reasons why the existence of a communal, you know, movement can help victims feel more comfortable to speak out? Well, if they see other people doing it um, and they see that, you know, maybe their greatest fears aren't going to happen, um, then then they're more willing to do that, too. It, it is a feeling of community. Um, there is sort of a feeling of, OK, there are other people who have experienced similar things. The reason why you know, support groups exist. I've been very vocal about the fact that I am an alcoholic. If I didn't feel a sense of community, I wouldn't be able to share the certain things that I feel like I need to share to heal. When you see somebody who's experienced those things and then it's not just them, you know, when I see somebody who's experienced the same things as me and it's, I realize, oh, I'm not the only one who has those experiences, I can start to feel normal again. The stigma wears off. I mean, it, it it does. It's like a support group in a way. You know, something that I, I think um, has really stood out about this whole experience is certainly much of our audience, um, I would say above 90% are male. And much like I think what's been happening in recent weeks, a lot of us have had to learn the act of like, of sympathy, of compassion for people who might not necessarily be like us. And to me, this is, you know, just a further education for, for everybody. Um, and as part of that, I, I, I definitely think some of us have to understand or, or we weren't completely privy to what some of the repercussions that, uh, or concerns that victims are fearful of for speaking out. Do you have any insight on that? Oh, well, yeah. And, you know, it's great that you touched on uh, what men can do um, in this situation, because I was talking to my fiance, uh, Warren Hayes, and, and we talked about, you know, the act of listening and how that's really what they need right now. Mm-hmm. And again, it's about healing. So they needed to listen. They don't want a new story. They don't want you to fix things for them. They just want people to listen. And it's hard because you don't feel heard sometimes as a woman. And especially in an industry, especially the wrestlers who have started very young. Most of them have been abused starting at a very young age. They don't feel heard from day one. I mean, they were 15. That's still, that's still a baby in some ways. You're still growing up. You're still um, developing into an adult. So to not feel heard, I mean, I, a lot of them, there's a few wrestlers that came out and said, I, I tried to tell people and they didn't listen. And, and some of that is because it is such an, it's, it's ingrained. It is such an, it's a part of this men will be men, this boys club, this, and really it's the men in power 
you know, when I think about my abusers, they were men in power who had been in, in the, the business they were in for a long time. So when I thought of speaking up, I thought, who's going to believe me? Um, and a lot of it has happened a lot a long time ago. There's no physical scars. There's no uh, showings of sign. I mean, they don't have anything on them as physical evidence. And unfortunately, in these, these times, that's what you need to prosecute. Um, a lot of it, it's a feeling that they got violated. And it's still a valid feeling. And so um, they need to be heard. And I'm, I'm really happy to see so many people hearing them out. And I think you, you touch on a huge aspect to this entire thing, which is the isolation that a victim goes through during, during this, this time period that for so long it's kept to themselves and probably an extremely guarded you know, shield that they have up of who they can even share this with. And at the same time, watching these people that are going to be in the same industry that you are a part of seeing them celebrated and f- feeling that you are the one that has to rehabilitate yourself from, from this harrowing experience. And we've seen a, a wide array of these accusations, but I think that that to me is where I do see a movement like this, that so often we look at, at social media in terms of the negative that it brings and there's lots of it, but there's also that kind of community and a sense of that you're not isolated here. There are others and we're seeing an enormous number that have gone through similar instances. Exactly. And, and the isolation is real. Um, You know, the thing is when you don't speak out people in your life, they don't know. And, and sometimes there's real reasons why you won't tell somebody something, you know, you, you just are fearful for a number of reasons. So, you know, I might not tell somebody I was abused, but then I see that person interacting with somebody else on Twitter or Facebook and I get upset and it's anger. It's like fury. Um, I know that feeling that some of these women are feeling because there's nothing they feel. They feel like they can't do anything. Um, and that for me, at least, it's, it's sort of dulled down with time. But I can imagine when you're in the business and you're working side by side with your abuser, it's got to be really rough. And so. I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised when, when the ball started rolling that it just kept rolling and it picked up speed because now the women are like, okay, now people might believe me when I say this and they'll listen to me and then it'll bring change. And that's the good thing. That's what's going to come out of this is that the news, the news quote unquote story is going to be what, uh, what, what doors are going to get shut, right? What promotions are going to get shut down for their abuse? What wrestlers are going to have to be held accountable that's a good thing here in all of this. And, and the isolation is real. And that's why, you know, I think the listen part of this whole movement is, it's not a movement, right? It's life. That's what this mm-hmm. should be focused on is listening, letting them know they are heard and their feelings are validated. Certainly in the whole process, you know, like we, we're certainly still, I would say, I mean, really at the very beginning of it. And I think that that beginning is to be exposed to these stories, but further down the line, when we do want to talk about change, what are some 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 things you would like to see, particularly, I would say, from perhaps the the, you know, independent local level where a lot of these stories seem to be coming from? Um, what would you like to see? I think and I know unions in wrestling are a very touchy subject. Unions in general are a touchy subject. Um, but in that manner, I think that there's something to be said about progressive um, developments for in, independent businesses, you know. Uh, don't just put an EMT at the side of the ring. 
maybe have a therapist on staff, have an advocate, get a woman's advocate on that staff if you have a big woman's uh, roster or a woman's roster at all. Have some training at the very least of sensitivity. Um, letting the women know that they feel open and that they can come to people is important. And it it's part of the reason why I'm building this association and why I'm starting off with, with an article. Uh, well, I'll be interviewing everybody from every aspect of, of women's wrestling to say, what change can we make? What do you want to see changed? Because, you know, we have to start at where the, where, where the people are being affected. And that is the women. They have to feel comfortable. Um, and it has to be told to them often that, that the doors are open for them. I think that's also, Kristen, where, where we find ourselves that here is an industry that largely polices itself. And this is clear evidence that this industry is not equipped to police itself. This is a change that needs to come from within, but finding those external measures that can serve as an oversight. And I'm hoping that with this being the hope that this is a watershed moment, that this is not going to be something where a blind eye is turned, that there is more um, attention paid to this instead of just turning a blind eye, that it seems like that that has been a staple. And this is this has been a culture within pro- professional wrestling. I, unfortunately, and I think it happened, you know, it, somebody was talking about, I think it was Lucisto yesterday about sexualization of of women wrestlers. And that's the thing in all of sports, unfortunately, and especially in wrestling. And I'm not saying that it's, it's caused this, this sort of culture of abuse, but it hasn't helped. And um, I think now that we can get to sort of the bottom of it and, and help create change, it's got to, it's got to change. And the, and the thing is too, is that this job for these people there, there, it's a passion. It's not like when you get hired to an insurance agency and somebody abuses you, you know, if you'll leave, you can just go get another job at another insurance agency. This is wrestling. This is their passion. This is what they're, I mean, some of them are working 90 hours a week just to do this. And if they, if, if something happens in one area of wrestling, it's going to get hurt everywhere and they may never work again. So a lot of these women are, are quiet because they don't want to lose their passion. And that's, that's a real thing. That's hard. What would you like to see from the industry leaders? You know, that, that um, certainly like right now, this is very much a story that that's affecting everybody. There are certainly allegations about uh, uh, wrestlers signed to these leaders, but as far beyond, I would say, you know, like a blank, we take all these allegations very seriously type of statement. What sort of actions would you want to see from places like WWE, AEW, Impact, ROH and others? Well, I think anything you would expect from any business, right? Any sort of ethical responsibility. Uh, so, you know, put in place an open door policy. Put in place and, and actually use it, not just say that you have it. Put in place um, a system of uh, consequences for somebody who is actually accused of this. Because I, I refuse to believe that, that this many people say something about a person and the people up top have no idea that it happened. I refuse to believe that. I think somebody knew. And they didn't act on it because of probably money, to be frank, and image. So instead of worrying about money and image, you take that person out and you set up a system of, okay, one, you know, like any business, one report, you get this, two reports, you get this, three reports, you're out the door. I don't think that that's unreasonable to ask for. It's just a a very sensitive and real and um, applicable system of of checks and balances, frankly. You know, um, 
I think one of the reasons I was really curious to talk to you is because you, you, you know, um, not only, of course, do you have, um, you know, intimate knowledge of, of these stories and um, as a victim yourself, um, thank you, by the way, for, for agreeing to come on the show. But you're also a journalist. And certainly this is an incredibly tricky subject to report on. What is your philosophy on perhaps how the media and the wrestling media should be covering the subject in a fair and responsible manner? I think the most responsible thing is to wait for the victim to come out with details. I personally tell my staff and anybody that I'm involved with that I will not report anything if it's not already out there by the victim itself, whether it be Twitter, statements, uh, you know, of interview. The victim should be the first one to say anything. It shouldn't be a news item. It shouldn't be an instigative news piece. It should be the victim said this, now we can report on it. Because again, this is not oh, a scoop opportunity. This is a person healing from extreme trauma. That's, I mean, it's, in, it's ruined their lives. This is something that they need. So if you go out and you are gathering facts and you report on it without that person's permission, you're just violating them again. You're just taking their freedoms and their rights and you're violating them again. So to really report on this stuff, you need to be mindful of the victim. You need to go to them if you have something you want to say that you feel like they haven't said already um, and, and ask them how they feel about it because this is not an opportunity to make money. This is an opportunity for change as a whole, not, not views or clicks on a story. I, I think as well, um, I mean, it also, I think for, from the journalistic aspect, it's also, you know, having... I think it's very tricky because I think that wrestling websites, some serve very different functions than others. It's almost as though, you know, a lot of these sites, it's when it comes to the wrestling industry, it's you're covering the entire, every section of the newspaper. And not everybody is going to be equipped to be investigative journalists in, in such a, a delicate subject. Like this is, you know, the most serious of stories uh, you can be covering. And I think as well, it's, it's as well what is owed to that person who is being accused that also gets a right to respond uh, to the accusation. And sometimes you have to remove your personal feelings, uh, regardless of how awful the accusations are that are out there. And this is this is really tr uh, like a, a tricky area to navigate, I think, from the media's perspective as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think putting out I don't think it's um, unreasonable to put out as a website a statement and, and preempt any stories and say, you know, until, you know, until there's proof otherwise, we have to state both sides. And then, you know, you edit extremely carefully because I've been in that position where you're mm -hmm. like, Ugh, either side could be right. It's not very clear. It's very gray. And you remove adjectives. You remove unnecessary language um, and you, you treat it as cold, hard facts. This is, and you, you know, like you embed some tweets. This is what this person said. This is what this person said. And then there's no editorializing. Yep. And you throw it out there like that. But I don't think it's, it's, I try to preempt things like, Hey, just so we know that this is going to be a great subject and we're not here to place judgment on anybody, but I agree. Sometimes you have to give the light to both sides as well. You know, I, I had wanted to uh, reach out to have you on when I, when I saw about the, the launch of the association of women in wrestling. Is this something that ha uh, you've been developing behind the scenes for, for quite some time and uh, tell us a little bit about kind of the goals that you have and how people can support this because this to me is something 
absolutely necessary and uh, more so than ever, I think, after these past 24 to 48 hours. Oh, yes, definitely. Well, thank you. And, you know, it's been on my mind for a while. Um, before I wrote wrestling, I actually covered a lot of sports. And uh, you don't realize how uh, ingrained sexism can really be until you write for sports. Um, so it's been on my mind for a while. But when I came to wrestling and I started writing women's wrestling, it became real obvious that this was the field that I felt like needed it the most. And essentially, you know, I've had numerous women who have DM'd me telling the same stories that I've experienced. And I thought, okay, this isn't coincidence that you have six women who've all experienced the same thing. And they, some of them have left the industry because of various reasons, fans, uh, bosses, opportunities. And, and then I've talked to also to some men in the industry who failed to see that there's even a problem. And that to me is, is also important because half the time you just need you just need there to be uh, clarity. You need it to be obvious that, that there's an issue. So I was sort of building it up in my mind. And I'll be honest, AW Heels sort of pushed me over the edge of the indecisiveness. I decided, okay, this is getting some traction. People do need this. They do want it. And so um, I built the association around the idea that really it's all about equality in general, not just gender equality, um, no matter how you identify, but equality in general. And so... Like there's going to be a, a couple of different types of memberships eventually so that everybody's welcome. But the idea is that we create spots, we create awareness that there are women in wrestling who wrestling media who want positions, who are qualified. I mean, I've had somebody from uh, a promotions PR firm contact me and say, sometimes I want a woman to interview a woman wrestler, but I have a hard time finding that. And I, okay, so then we create a pool of women who they can go, yep, I want that. I need that. And it's just to create spots, it's to create awareness. And and I think I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I find really sometimes I'll get pushback and I'm 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 a little fluxed by it. Like, how? How how is how do people have a problem with that? I know there's only so many spots in in this industry, but you know, there's also creation for more spots if needed. And so you know, for me, it's about creating a safe place where women can come and feel like, okay, my needs are going to get taken care of in some way. We're not, um, you know, we're not a job agency. We're not a temp agency. We're not going to be working directly side by side with certain websites. We're just going to be helping the women develop professionally and network with each other to know that they're not alone. It's excellent work that you're doing, Kristen. And, uh, if you could just direct any of our listeners that want to find out more about the association and also the, the work that you're doing uh, above and beyond just the Association of Women in Wrestling. Sure. Uh, well, you can always go to uh, my Twitter at Kristen Ashley, um, Ashley without an E. Uh, and, and I'm always updating stuff there. Of course, there's belltobells.com um, as well as Twitter at belltobells. I, you know, I have starting up the, the association. It's still brand new, but I've started a website as of last night. So when that gets going, I'll, I'll be able to post updates there. There's a Twitter account now for it. I just haven't been able to, this is all happened at like 2 a.m. last night. So I haven't been able to uh, do anything with that as well. But, you know, keep, keep an eye out on my Twitter because that's really where I'll be announcing everything. Uh, well, Kristen, thank you so much uh, for joining Way and I. We both really wanted to chat with you about all of this. And anytime you've got a message to get out, please, by, by all means, uh, uh, let it, let us know because it's always great to chat with you and I, I hope that we can have you on again in the near future come on the show i i love being on with both of you uh 
incredibly intelligent. Your audience is wonderful. And, and thank you again for having me on. And that was Kristen Ashley. Again, you can find her on Twitter at Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-E-N-A-S-H-L-Y, and also at Bell to Bells. Uh, and we thank her for taking the time to join us. I try to reconnect now with our own John Pollock, and I'm going to try right now. John, are you there? Way, I am here, my man. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, sorry we lost you there briefly, but uh, you are back. Uh, we're probably going to uh, cut the video for the rest of this podcast just to save on bandwidth. Apologies, everybody, for the technical difficulty, as always. But uh, yes, John is back. Um, any thoughts? Well, first of all, uh, again, a big thank you to Kristen for joining us uh, to talk about all of this. I thought it was really important to start the show with her. And, you know, following her work, I, I think that she is, you know, a great voice to have in this space uh, talking about a lot of these issues and has one that has been talking about it for a long time. Uh, so thank you to Kristen. We're going to be opening up the phone lines uh, in a little bit and we'll be talking to you as well. Before we get into the news items, Way, uh, do you have any kind of just overall thoughts on like kind of where your headspace is at and processing a lot in a very small window of time? Um, I, I really feel like for me, uh, so much of this, it has been, um, self-reflective just about, I think, um, again, like I, I kind of mentioned in the interview itself, taking the, the perspective of the people that are affected and thinking about how it's affecting them. I think as men, often we will feel more, it's a, it's a natural feeling to think about, you know, how it affects us. You know, what happens when there are false allegations and uh, would I be at risk if somebody wanted to do this to me and I didn't, I was innocent. Um, but just like I would say with many other uh, political issues or, or just life issues these days, I you really have to think about what it's like to be somebody who's the victim of something like this and how difficult it is to speak out and um, you know, it's a very tricky situation. And, and the other educational aspect of, of this whole thing, of course, is for you and I as podcasters to exercise responsibility, you know, in talking about this stuff and reporting about this stuff and writing about this stuff in a very, very careful manner. And um, that's something that I, I think we're both still learning a whole whole lot of. And we really, you know, have to watch ourselves as we have these conversations. Um, but certainly... It, it brings to light a really, really big problem that exists right now in professional wrestling. Yeah, it's like, I don't know if it's just the fact that we have been, you know, it's been from, you know, the overall crisis that's going on in the world right now. We have gone through, you know, to me, like a real upheaval when it comes to race relations in, you know, the world over. And now in professional wrestling, we're staring at this. And I think the theme that you hit on is one that in a strange way, it kind of like if you want to look at this COVID-19 crisis, like one of the things that I find really interesting about this, this disease is the fact that the philosophy of it is so much about not so much you yourself. It's thinking of the greater whole and getting and from the perspective of other people that you could be putting at risk. And I think as we discussed Black Lives Matters. It's not about you and I talking about our specific feelings or thoughts. It's having that empathy, looking at things from other people's perspective that I don't know if we're just at this weird nexus that all of these, 
all of these major things are intersecting at once in our line of work, but I think it's giving a greater perspective on looking at things from perspectives other than ours that is our typical default. It is interesting how, like, somehow covering professional wrestling has us you know, having these, like, I would say really important discussions about so many things, whether it be COVID or Black Lives Matter or, or what's going on right now. Um, and we, we'd like to open up the discussion to all of you. Do you want to go through some of the, uh, the news or do you want to go to calls first? Let's go through some of the news. And then, uh, maybe if you guys want to chime in, uh, with your thoughts, again, if you have any thoughts on SmackDown specifically, maybe we leave that till after the review. But if you wanted to have your say on, uh, you know, the topic at hand, we will accept calls. Uh, but first, why don't we go through some of the, the, the big news items? Okay, so uh, we, we've gotten statements from, from several companies. So I'm just going to go through some of these, starting off with a WWE, who um, they put out um, some brief statements regarding uh, some of their wrestlers that have faced these allegations, uh, namely Jordan Devlin and Matt Riddle. Later in the day on Friday, they released uh, a lengthier statement about just kind of their overall policy, stating that individuals are responsible for their own personal actions. WWE has zero tolerance for matters involving domestic violence, child abuse, and sexual assault. Upon arrest for such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately suspended. Upon conviction for such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately terminated. WWE's ability to find, suspend, or terminate a WWE talent will not be, however, limited or compromised in any manner in the event incontrovertible evidence of such illegal misconduct is presented to WWE. Now, there's the line in there. Upon conviction for such misconduct, a WWE talent will be immediately terminated. Uh, there was really no uh, context or... Um, explanation as WWE on Friday evening prior to SmackDown announced the release of Jack Gallagher, who was someone that had allegations of sexual assault against him. WWE just simply said that they have come to terms on the release of Jack Gallagher and did not include the typical, we wish him well in his future endeavors. So that was notable. Um, but that is the WWE side. They had stated earlier in the day when it came to Sorry, do you want to... Well, just on that, um, do we know that Jack Alher was... Do we know the status of, like, his form of contract? I mean, I've always been curious about, like, whether or not the 205 Live guys... If, you know, Gallagher was still considered the 205 Live guy, if if, if their contracts worked somehow differently. Um, I don't know. They just stated, you know, his 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 release. I mean, he was someone that was, you know, under... I mean, he was working on... 205 Live and had been, you know, in WWE proper. Um, and that's going back to, you know, it's, you know, his original deal would have been 2016. There may have been a new deal during during that term as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I suppose maybe, I guess my point is maybe it's, it's not, it, you're, it's not possible to necessarily look into that sort of release as really, any sort of in, in, indictment on how they feel about the case in particular? Um, I can't speak for them because they, they didn't speak for themselves about mm -hmm. what the conduct was, but I mean, uh, that's certainly how it's going to be interpreted. Yeah. Well, we shall see. Um, when it comes to AEW, um, they responded regarding uh, Jimmy Havoc, um, 
who had uh, very serious allegations against him, and they stated, we wish Jimmy Havoc all the best as he receives treatment and counseling in an effort to overcome the mental health and substance abuse challenges in his life. We are aware of various reports related to Jimmy. We are evaluating his status with our company and will address it when he was when he has successfully completed his his rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. So that is in specific, specific specific reference to I think so, some of these stories that really indicate you know um, uh, uh, I guess um, you know Jimmy Havoc's mental state. It does not necessarily address um, the allegations about rape that you know were not very detailed when they were thrown uh out, out there uh in in the tweets um so i don't know if if people are expecting them to address that within this how do you feel about that uh, I've, i i think all of these companies are facing a a real decision that they have to make in terms of how do you go about um, taking action here um, and what they feel comfortable taking action on. Um, are they comfortable taking action uh, based solely on the allegations that have been made? What is the process that all of these companies have? And I think that that opens up the discussion about the the larger issues of how these companies need to have a certain procedure and protocol in place for when these happen. What is the protocol? What is, what is the first step? What is the process that uh, a performer is afforded? What are they, what should they reasonably expect in a case like this? Is it a, a sweeping across the board that you are, you are suspended indefinitely until the evidence of, or an investigation is completed I'm sure that many of those discussions are happening right now. Uh, they're stating that, that Jimmy Havoc is getting treatment and that becomes a, a gray area as well. When it comes to someone with mental health issues, that does not excuse any of the actions that have been outlined. But I think that that adds to, I think AEW's uh, pressure of, do we release someone that has mental health issues and, I think they're all examining like what what is the best course of action here, and there's going to be missteps along the way. I think mm-hmm. that that's something that everyone is going to be tiptoeing around all of this in how do you navigate these extremely complex subjects. There are going to be landmines that are stepped on in the process here. I think that's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, Impact Wrestling put out um, kind of a statement. Some of their performers have faced allegations and Impact sent this to PW Insider stating it is a core value of the Anthem organization, their parent company, that we conduct our business with respect and integrity, providing a safe and secure work environment for our employees and performers. We are following carefully the various allegations being made through social media and are reviewing all incidents involving Impact Wrestling talent and personnel to determine an appropriate course of action. Uh, The NWA has cut ties with uh, Vice President David Lagana, there were uh, allegations of a sexual assault made against uh, David Lagana on Thursday, and NWA Friday afternoon wrote, pursuant to allegations made by pro wrestler Liz Savage on her Twitter account, June 18th of 2020, NWA Vice President David Lagana has resigned his position effective immediately, as well all production of NWA content is temporarily halted, pending a restructuring of executive management positions. 
Um, we have reached out to David Lagana for any kind of statement, which he has not uh, responded to, but any statement that we do receive, we will update uh, our, our stories on that as well. Um, and NWA, while they had not been doing any tapings right now um, of their power episodes, they had been shooting um, non-wrestling content for their new uh, Patreon and, and YouTube projects um, that David Lagana was obviously heavily involved with. So that's certainly, um, you know, a, a major uh, departure for the NWA, which is a, a very small run operation. And he was heavily involved in, in all of that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, they're going to have to regroup and uh, find somebody to fulfill that role for the time being. And, you know, but either way, I, I think considering what's going on, I, I feel like they made the right decision for the time being. And also, um, uh, a lawyer from Matt Riddle has issued a, a statement uh, denying the allegations made by uh, Candy Cartwright. This was probably the one that got the most attention on Friday because of the stature of Matt Riddle and coupled with the fact that he was making a SmackDown debut tonight. He had been doing media appearances earlier in the week promoting this. Um, the legal statement says uh, the allegations by this independent female performer are completely false and another attempt to harass and humiliate Mr. and Mrs. Riddle and to try to tarnish their reputation in the community. We have been aware for the last two years of this performer stalking the Riddle family. In 2019, our firm had drafted a pleading against this performer to seek an injunction for cyber stalking in the circuit court of Orange County, Florida. Riddle did appear on SmackDown tonight, uh, which had been taped in advance. Uh, Jordan Devlin also issuing a pretty firm denial of the allegations made against him of uh, physical abuse. And Legaro also... Uh, addressing the allegations made against him uh, while also acknowledging about unwanted messages that he had sent that he does uh, claim to be inappropriate. They were an embarrassment and it's an absolute shameful way to act for someone in a position of trust. I sincerely apologize for my actions and any hurt I've caused. So acknowledging the message, but denying calling it a false allegation uh, when it comes to um what was alleged by Violet O'Hara. Right. So. This is a lot to take in it, for everybody. It's a lot. And, you know, it, it really feels like the thing that started this whole thing with the David Starr situation, like, it feels like that was forever ago after the amount of, I think, you know, things have come out since then. But uh, an update on that, that we didn't necessarily get to mention on this, pod, or on our podcast, is the fact that he has uh, been stripped of his championships with the, from a number of companies including OTT, um, uh, RevPro, and their Southside Championship, and the TNT Extreme uh, Championship as well. And uh, just on the progress pro progress front, they've also issued a statement earlier today uh, regarding specific um, s suspensions and departures of their talent, and that in does include David Starr, who will no longer be working for Progress, Mark Paz Perry, who will also no longer be working for Progress. Travis, Bank Travis Banks has been suspended indefinitely. And Jordan Devlin and Scotty Davis have both been suspended indefinitely, along with their tag titles being vacated. Yes. So that is um, kind of is uh, just uh, pretty much uh, like we – I don't know how much more um, there is going to be. This was um, – an unprecedented period when it, when it comes to uh, people coming forward and everyone being in a position that uh, the, these companies have to react. These performers um, 
you know, this is this, this very much feels like a, a watershed moment way. Completely, completely. Um, and I, I mean, really, it's just the the beginning of it. So, um, you know, I, I feel like with the way things are moving, by the time Monday reaches around, we'll we'll probably have way more to talk about. Um, do you want to get to some calls if people are interested? Let's open up the phone lines. If you want to uh, give us a call, just search for post wrestling and then dial in and we'll take as many as we can. Yeah. Um, and it's understandable if, if people would choose to wait or not necessarily speak about it, but, um, uh, we do give you the opportunity. We just ask that you please be, you know, um, treat the topic, I think with the sensitivity that, you know, you would, um, that we would, we'd like to ask you of, of you. So, um, any other news in, 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 in the world right now, John, you know, wrestling wise, um, this about takes it. I, I think, um, yeah. I've just been so, um, inundated with, with all of this today. It's, um, yeah, I, I think this is pretty much the, uh, fr- uh, the, the forefront of all of, all of the news today. It's totally understandable. To be honest, I just like more so wanted to fill time as we waited to get uh, somebody on the phone line. And I think we have our first person on the line if they are able to connect. Hello, hello, caller. Are you there? Hey, wait, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Paul. Uh, hey. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, you know, just digesting all this information. And uh, I was talking with a female friend of it, a friend who's also a wrestling fan. And um, just the one thing I take away from it is just not only listening, but understanding that, especially with what's been going on with race as well as, um, you know, gender and in wrestling is that, if I make the choice to become a professional wrestler, we all know the things you have to deal with starting out. We've heard the, heard the stories of you're not getting paid a lot and traveling and all this. Uh, as a man, I have to deal with that. But as a woman, you have to deal with that and promoters trying to sleep with you and fans harassing you and all the things going on. I think women in this business and, and in any other business, it's just it's the thing I take away with it. It's a whole other set of BS that you have to deal with that as a man, I will largely not have to deal with. So that's just something I take away from this. And again, just trying to listen. And um, uh, yeah, just uh, that's really just my thoughts on it. just wanted to say uh, thanks. And uh, Christian Ashley was great. Uh, so thanks for taking my call. Thanks. Very well said, Paul. Thank you. Yep. Um, and, okay, and I think so, it is, and I think yep. it is also worth noting that while, I mean, the majority of these stories have been from women, like we have heard from some men in this instance as well. So it's, um, it's not as though that, you know, it, it does not include some men. It's just, uh, you know, that's an, an absolute pressure that a lot of these females face. And I think that that ties in a lot with, you know, the pressures they face um, stemming from what came out in the wake of uh, Hanukkah suicide as well. Uh, we got Bruce on the line. And just a note to everybody, I know a lot of you guys are trying to call in. Um, there's probably, there's something going on again with Skype, everybody. So I have your records in the Skype chat, so I will call you when I'm ready. So, uh, but first we start off with Bruce. Bruce, how are you doing? Oh, uh, you know, it's been a few days, uh, I think, as it has been for for every other wrestling fan out there. I mean, a few days ago I was planning on, oh, I'll, I'll call in and maybe talk some New Japan Cup with John and Way, but uh, I, I guess that's not what's going to happen. Um, I mean, 
Okay, just just for background here, I'm I'm a blogger and a podcaster in a pretty small and niche music scene where everybody's a couple of degrees of separation away from everyone. And just from hanging around, you know, any particular cultural scene or industry, you know, after a while you start to hear things. Um, and like Kristen was saying, often there isn't someone uh, who kind of wants to come forward publicly and talk about what's happened to them and say, this happened to me with regards to that person. And obviously, you know, you can't, uh, you know, out those people or, or rush, you know, to, to, to talk about those things uh, without respecting, you know, that privacy and their own process and journey and all of those things. But there are those times when, you know, you've heard maybe from three or four different people that, oh, so this person is dangerous, is a predator. You know, at a point, you kind of want to give a heads up you know, privately, even to just friends and colleagues about these people, you know, and, and not to put you guys in a sort of hypothetical situation, but it's possible that people in and around the wrestling industry, you know, might have heard rumors about, I don't know, you know, Cornette, for instance, for, you know, one of the recent ones, or, you know, somebody like Patterson, or certainly, you know, with the dark side of the ring talking about uh, and kind of exposing the Moolah situation to many other people. Um, John, I think your point about all of these. Uh, crises that are going on right now, kind of dispelling this idea that we're all just, you know, individuals, you know, uh, focused on our own selves. Uh, yeah, this is all prompting us to rethink the common good. So I guess what I'd like to, you know, ask you guys is how do you as journalists or just us as individuals and fans and whatever, you know, how do we sort of balance respect for the privacy of, uh, you know, victims and survivors of issues like this while also trying to sort of attend to that public good and sort of work towards uh, bettering the, the sorts of scenes and environments uh, and industries that, we, that we're in and hang around in. Okay, uh, a lot there, Bruce. Um, Sorry. <laughs> well, um, for, first of all, like in, in regards to, I, I think we have to be, be very careful about like a lot of these uh, cases that that are out there, ones that are certain allegations. Um, when it when it comes to, I mean, the the responsibility, I feel that I am hoping that something that comes out of this is the fact that we're not hearing uh, of you know you know whispers going throughout mm -hmm. the locker room of people that you need to be on the lookout for. Like that needs to be. The alarms going off and that needs to be that is where I'm very much an advocate of some kind of structure in place. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, especially when it comes to where we're hearing these at the grassroots level in training schools on small independents that are not going to have that kind of infrastructure for for such a system and one that is so close knit that uh, going and, you know, having the concern about what this means if I am outing someone in some power position. But I think that's, that needs to be – in the wrestling industry, it's largely left to the industry policing itself. And I don't think that's the most ideal scenario, but it's what we're facing right now. That's the immediate uh, procedural method that we have in place. And it's it's going to be incumbent on those that, that see discretions that it's not, oh, that's just – that's just the way that person is. That can't fly. That can't fly anymore. And that needs to be – like I just – it really pains me to hear when there are victims that just have to deal with this and in many times in silence, in isolation, that have to rationalize this, this horrible behavior in order to proceed in this industry. 
because they have to work with these people. They have to be around these people. And there is a, a real meaning behind strength in numbers and having those people that you can confide in. And most of all, ones that will approach the people that are necessary that are going to weed these people out, that are going to call these people on the carpet. The the spotlight that is being placed on on those right now, like that is something that this industry needs instead of all of these, these secrets that just uh, mm. keep, keep going on. I think that's uh, a major part of this is that the secrecy ends and it's more so the lights are turned on and we're going to hopefully clean up this industry. And like, I, I don't have that, that method to just change things overnight. It's not going to change overnight. Mm. I, I agree with John. Um, it's, you know, it, I, I think the privacy of the, if it's a public story, um, you would think that they would want it discussed. You know, that's like if they post something about it, if they tweet something about it to me, that that is like a call for attention to the story. And that's kind of where I'm at. Um, do, do you have another, another question, Bruce? Or, or uh, No, no, that's that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think, you know, John, I think you're right. It is kind of the situation we're in is kind of the result of it still sort of being this kind of wild west post carney sort of industry that has been left to sort of regulate itself without, you know, much external authority. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're kind of really seeing some of the human cost of that right now. So yeah, that, that's all for me today. For, uh, but thanks very much guys. Uh, and thanks very much for bringing Kristen on. Thank you, Bruce. All righty. Let's go to uh, one more phone call here. And uh, Hansi, you've been trying to get on the line. Thank you for your patience. Yeah, you no problem. Uh, great conversation. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, obviously, it's not the topic. I mean, this is fucking disgusting. Um, I, again, like, like, listen, I, I'm not going to, like, get heavy into, again, conspiracy shit. But, like, I always felt that this day was coming because I felt like a lot of I, I think we're in the midst of a re- revolution, in my opinion. And as bad as it's going to um, become, in my personal opinion, I think it, there's going to be good that comes from it. Unfortunately, it's just going to be a lot of fucking, you know, uh, shittiness that goes on. And I think about, like, how, like, uh, again, I didn't know how to, like, function. Like, I, I always looked at TV to be my guide. And, how, again, I was stupid like that. So whenever I look at TV and, then I, and again, in comedy or whether it's uh, wrestling – I would be. I wouldn't realize. That. I don't think a lot of people who watch and are brainwashed by stuff like this realize that some of this stuff can also kind of train you. Like uh, a couple of months ago, when the revolution peer review happened, you both were kind of disgusted about you know the force forcing yourself on a woman trope. And I've seen that so many times. I remember one time specifically, you guys were talking about Bischoff and Linda McMahon. And this was like a couple of years ago. And I remember just sitting in my bed listening to the podcast. And Pollock was like, and yeah, Bischoff forced himself on Linda. And it's like basically sexually a, a sexual assault. And I'm thinking to myself, how is that sexual assault? Like this has been a trope that's been done for so fucking long and shit. Like, you know what I mean? But then like you, like, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I'm trying to say that these things like they basically make you think lightly of these kind of things. And I just feel like, like just, it's a disgusting, even that Vince McMahon would write storylines where he would inject himself with the, some of these women. You know what I mean? Like back then you don't think much about that, but then you, you realize like, oh, this is a power dynamic. Would there be some repercussion if these women didn't do that kind of stuff with him in that scene? So, I mean, it's just hard to process it, but again, uh, I, I enjoyed the interview you guys did. I enjoyed the talk. 
I'll try to uh, call in with SmackDown thoughts, but I mean, I'll see. I just didn't really feel like watching too much, but I'll try to come in with some thoughts afterwards. But thank you for letting me uh, talk on here, and I hope I, you know, move the conversation along uh, well. But if I didn't, I'm sorry. Thanks, Hans. No. We appreciate the call. As always. Uh, you know, let's take one more phone call uh, before we go, um, because it, it is actually kind of working out right now. So, uh, uh, Bethany, are you on the line? Yes. Hey, I'm here, guys. Hey, hey Bethany. Thank you for calling. Hey. No, thank you. Thank you so much for addressing this. I think it's so important. I noticed, like, I'm the only woman in the chat room, so I really wanted to call in tonight to just mm-hmm. give my perspective on things. Um I was at the store tonight to buy cigarettes, and I was sexually harassed by a man trying to buy cigarettes. It's something that we as women deal with every day. And I know that there are a lot of really good men out there, but I think there are also a lot of men out there who don't realize what we go through and the things that they do to us. And just like I said, something as small as trying to buy cigarettes and I'm being sexually harassed and I, you know, it's hard to do these basic things. I've, I worked in office, like I'm not even in the wrestling business. I worked in office and I have been sexually harassed multiple times at my job. So that's awful. But anyway, I just wanted to thank you guys again for addressing this. It's a really important thing to address. I can't imagine what the women in wrestling go through. Cause I deal with it on such a smaller level than they do. Um, but I think it's really important that women are coming out and, and I think we need the truth. You know, we need to know what really happened and, and figure out, you know, what's true and what's not true. But anyway, again, I just, I appreciate you guys uh, talking about it and bringing it up and having this discussion. So thanks a lot. Thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thank you, Bethany. So at this point in the show, we are going to be saying goodbye to the people listening on the free feed. If you do want to listen to the review of SmackDown, you can do so over on the Post Wrestling Cafe feed. So all patrons will have access to hear the rundown of SmackDown and going through feedback and taking some more of your phone calls. So uh, thanks to all of those that uh, tuned in for free and we'll be continuing over on the cafe.